Anise, welcome back. Thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. How have you been? I'm busy. Busy. Very busy. Uh, yeah. Spend a lot of time with grandchildren. Okay. Uh, making some moves in my life. Removing some people from my life. Okay. Making some changes. You want to talk about this, some of that? Any of that? Any of that? Oh. Um, Do you want to highlight some of that you want to share? Well, yeah, I could highlight some of it. Um, I made some decisions at the end of 2019 about how I was going to make some improvements in certain areas. And, uh, and um, one of them is, you know, I love to help people, um, but sometimes I overdo that and it puts me in bad situations. And so I'm having to redirect that help and focus a little more on, I think I told you in my last time I was here, 2020 is gonna be my selfish year. So, um, and I don't necessarily think it's selfish. The things I'm looking to do for me this year are definitely gonna benefit my family um, and maybe some of my closest friends. Um, but uh, been helping a young lady for quite some time and you know, um, she's, it's amazing when people start to stand up and, and maybe walk a little bit, they think they can run that marathon on their own and mm. they don't really care about how they got to where they are at that moment and who they hurt trying to get to wherever their next goal is. So I'm having to um, remove that those types of people from my life at this point. And uh, you know, wish them the best of luck. Um, no tolerance for your bullshit, but, <laughs> and that's just, you know, where we are uh, with that. Um, adjusting to a lot more grandchildren, uh, which is kind of, you know, I have, my older grandchildren, uh, and now I've got three more, and uh, it just kind of, and, and, and I told you, actually only two of those are actually my grandchildren, but the third one he might as well be. <laughs> um, so adjusting to that and adjusting to the new year at my job, uh, I know y'all have heard me share about that. Right. Um, at the beginning of this year, they had a big old meeting with all the hourly people, which would include me. Um, we are no longer allowed to socialize at work at all unless we are on a 15 minute break. That only happens twice a day. Your lunch is exactly 30 minutes and I'm cool with all of it, but you know, come on. You can't tell people that you've been telling for seven years, oh, we're a family, don't socialize with one another. Wow. Like, yeah. We're not in prison. Right. So, um, Just bearing that, you know, and, and moving in, trying to move in the right directions where that's concerned. Um, hoping that uh, some things work out, that that's not going to be an issue for me. Uh, my goal is to be set up in something different. Um, shit, maybe I'll win that lottery I keep talking about. <laughs> Who knows? Whatever it is, you know. Um, and I say lottery, but doesn't necessarily mean the lottery. Maybe I'll hit that thing that's perfect for me this year. That's my goal, right. um, you know, and uh, 
I might have shared this in my last one, I don't remember. Um, thinking about doing the bodybuilding thing. Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm still, uh, still focused on trying to get to that. I've set up some uh, interviews uh, with some trainers and um, gotta have the right personality for me because you can't be like, oh, go out here and give me 10 push-ups because that shit's not gonna work. <laughs> it's not gonna work. I can go make myself do 10 push-ups. I need somebody to push me and say, that 200 pound weight that you're lifting isn't enough. You know what I mean? Right. And 30 times isn't enough. Get, what are you doing? Why are you, know, why are you being a sissy? I kind of rough like that in, in those areas. So, um, gonna get to me uh, a sibling this um, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, second time I've met her. Uh, really excited about that. Wow. Um, really excited. Second time in life? Second time in life that I've met her. Yes. Um, this will be the second time. This will be the second time, yes. Um, we're very excited because just on phone conversations that we've had, uh, we're probably like two peas in a pod. Oh, <laughs> she's She's been in my world and she lives in a different world today and, and it's, you know, she has a very beautiful life and uh, she's very smart and I'm very excited. I love to be around people who are smarter than me just because there's so much that you can learn from them um, and uh, I have a lot of siblings but I'm not close to any of them okay. at all on either side my mom or my dad's and so I'm hoping that this is that sibling that I can actually bond with um, I think it would be nice to have a sister and she's an older sister so <laughs> so yeah good. Good lot, lot of good stuff good yeah stuff. Mm -hmm. The, going back for a moment to you were saying about some of the changes in people in your life. How do you feel about that? How are you feeling about making those changes? Well, there's like several personalities involved with those feelings right there because there's one side of me that's pissed. There's another side of me that is sad. And then there's another side of me, and I think it's the probably the realest side of me that says it is what it is what it is there's nothing you can do about it except for what you said you you were going to do and so anytime that i extend any kind of help to anyone i always say this is what i can do and this is how long i can do it or i don't know how long i can do it um and i really gotten good over the years at sticking to this is what I will do and I am the kind of person I will not help you if you will not help yourself you know not to I might give you a plate of food I might give you something to drink I might let you take a bath I might even let you have a nice a nice warm place to sleep for a night you know because I don't want to see anybody suffer Sure. But when you're extending help almost beyond your means, you have to put down some boundaries. Sure. And it is amazing, but people don't like boundaries a lot. And they're all gung-ho when they need you, but the moment they don't need you anymore, you're the villain in their life. Um, I also believe in... Um, 
making people accountable. You know, I believe in that because in in all of my recovery, I have been accountable to someone every step of the way. And I've done some really stupid shit, but I've had somebody to stand there and say, that's really stupid shit. Don't do it or do it different or why are you doing it? And so um, I'm just having to do that with people because weakness is, is not kindness and kindness is not weakness. And you know, it's, it's, I don't like to be taken advantage of and I'm not too crazy about being lied to. Um, I understand that people lie because of what they lack in within themselves. And I try to make sure that I always give you a way out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Always give you a way out. Like, this is your way out. You, you know, we let's be here. I'm, and I'm pretty good about, you know, we've already talked about this. I did tell you in the beginning. And I like to try to stick to the facts when I'm helping people. Because I used to just help people, help people, help people. And then would end up heartbroken over it. And... Um, I had to learn to guard my heart, so I had to put down some boundaries, and there are some rules, and um, if you can't be considerate and respectful of that, then I can only help you so much, and then you're on your own, and then, you know, we're done, um, and when people become ungrateful, not even ungrateful, you know, it's, it's, that happens to everybody, I think we all become ungrateful at times, you know, I know I do. I'm a, I, I have a beautiful life compared to the life I grew up in right. and my and in my life of addiction, but I forget that sometimes. So we, I do become ungrateful, and I think other people, so not necessarily ungrateful, but when people become hateful because things aren't happening the way they want you to make them happen for them, it's a whole nother ballgame because there is an asshole in here. <laughs> and I don't mind standing up for myself at all. You, 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 I'm, I'm tracking with you. You said a moment ago about um, different sides to your personality. Mm, yeah. Can you talk about some of the different sides? Um, well, I mean, there's this, there's the loving side. Um, there's the protector. Um, and you would think those two go hand in hand. They don't. They don't because love is blind, and when you are protecting somebody, you cannot be blind. <laughs> I do love my children, and I do protect my children. But if I feel the need to protect my children, love is not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because they're my children. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Um, and it's not going to happen in a loving way. <laughs> right. Does that make sense? That makes sense. And then there is a side of me that. Um, still, um, I don't want to use the word insecure because I don't think I'm insecure. I think I still get nervous about, um, it's not shy. It's, uh, it's really a nervous personality, I guess, you know, like, am I doing all the right things? Am I making the right decisions? Am I, you know, like typical human thinking and, and you know, um, Am I wearing the right clothes? Do I feel pretty? Kind of conscientious. Yeah, like a conscientious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have that sign. Um, and um, 
I have the asshole side. And I have a humorous side. I really do. Um, I, I do like to make people laugh. And I like to make people feel comfortable and safe around me. And I think that when you make people laugh, or you can at least make them experience your experiences through laughter, or maybe even just a smile. Um, it helps them to be comfortable. And I'm a pretty dominant female, I'm sure, uh, but I'm bossy. <laughs> so I come off very strong. Uh, especially towards women. It doesn't really happen that often with men. Men are usually intimidated, but women tend to get that way with me. So I try to make people feel comfortable. Yeah. So a lot of different sides of my person. The mom, the, the sister, the friend, the stranger. You know, there's there's a lot of sides to me. Just depends on what mood you catch me in. <laughs> is there a side that is more to the that one of the sides is is there mm. is that personality of one of those sides more than any other I mean trying to right right no I, I think I, I think I know what you're at trying to um, get to um if I had to say in an addiction mindset what side of me would you get you would probably get a uh, more depressed um, angry um unforgiving mean side um which I is that the protection is that no no it is not no it is the i don't give a shit ruthless i will cut you down with my mouth yeah yeah maybe a little bit of the asshole side yeah probably so because uh, but um my uh, my mind in addiction uh, was absolutely nothing like it is today. Um, and what I didn't know in my addiction is that I was full-blown fucking crazy. Full-blown. Out of my mind, would attack somebody, couldn't trust anyone, always thinking the world was out to get me, everybody owes me, totally different human being from who I am in my recovery. Because in my recovery, nobody owes me a thing. My problems are of my own making. The chaos is less and less the longer I stay sober and come to find out I was probably the starter of all my chaos. You know, so, um, I don't really have a lot of inner battles with the addict in me. And I'm not real sure why that is other than divine power beyond my comprehension, honestly. And what I think as far as that goes is that the toughest task is given to the strongest soldiers. You know, uh, if you think back to like gladiators, they were put in the worst situations. They were imprisoned, they were beaten, they were starved. You understand? Right. But these were the badasses when they came out the gate right. because they didn't want to die. So I think that that's how my divine powers worked in my life. Like I went through all this and that is who I became. I became 
a very vicious, mm-hmm. hateful person. And there were a lot of sides of me that, um, in my addiction, that um, I became the monsters that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. My That's mother good. was a screamer. That's a good I was a screamer. My husbands were abusive. Turns out that I could abuse men. Who knew? Mm-hmm. Five foot three beat up a guy six foot eight. I became those demons that were haunting me. So um, at the rock bottom level, um, and I mean rock bottom, laying on the bathroom floor trying to kill myself. I had pretty much become everything that I hated in so many other people of my life. Mm-hmm. So um, the worst conditions brought about the best soldier, myself, who I am today. Mm-hmm. Does that? That's good. I like <laughs> that's, no, my, that's, my, that's my, that's my, that's my, that's me on the inside. That That is... And 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 this is a this is a true story. Um, <clears throat> so that happened to me so profoundly, and it was so divine that like when I got sober, it was almost as if the gods reached in and said, "We're gonna let her deal with all this shit right here, but we're gonna take this anger and this hate and this viciousness." And this depression, and we're going to put it over here in a box until she's ready to deal with it. I was 14 years sober, and I punched someone in the mouth eight times as they were driving past me in a car. That is the kind of addiction mentality that I'm talking about. Didn't care that they were driving a car didn't care that I jumped out of a vehicle that I was driving without turning it off. Stuck my hands through the window, grabbed a hold of this grown man, and started punching him in the mouth over my feelings being hurt. That, and then let me tell you, it scared me. Terrified me. There's a part of, I get really passionate about telling this story because it was such um, it was such a breakthrough for me, hmm. you know, because I got I got sober. I never looked back, and, and I've been so blessed with that. I am not bothered by other people's drug addiction. I'm not bothered by other people's drinking. Does it does it you know make me sad in general? Yes, it does. But it doesn't affect my sobriety. I'm not going to get high with you, and I damn sure not going to drink with you because I know who I am, and I know what happens to me. And I don't want to be that person. So 14 years clean and sober, chairing meetings, making two or three meetings a day, sponsoring people, known as a big book guru, the whole nine yards. I mean, I'm in it. Over my head, I acted this way. I did. And uh, the first thing I did when it was over and I caught myself like, you have, you're, what, who the hell are you? What the hell just happened? Like I immediately felt like I pulled a shotgun on myself and shot myself in the chest. That emptiness, that sadness, that depression, that loneliness, 
all that anger from all the wrongdoings that had happened in my life, whether it was by the hands of someone else or myself, it all just poured right back into my chest immediately after I hit that guy in the mouth. And uh, I was terrified. The glad gladiator was back. Yeah. Well, no, I, I see myself as the gladiator now. At that point, I was that monster. That monster. You know, the gladiator is what you become after you survive okay. all that okay. monster okay. shit okay. in your life. Right. Um, and the monster. And I say gladiator, I don't even know if that's a good word to use because I am a chick, you know. <laughs> but, you know, the badass. No, the badass, whatever. So, uh, uh, but, so, let me, so I don't want to, I don't want to confuse anybody. To me, today I am a gladiator, but it took being through all those tough, hard tasks to get me where I am today. And... If I keep growing, I'm really going to be a badass gladiator by the end of this year, I promise you. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, so I'll tell you about this particular. So my feelings are hurt. I attacked this guy, but it blew me away. I couldn't believe that after 14 years of sobriety that I was capable of being so out of control mentally, so violent, so angry and so hurt. You'd be like, well, where was your gods when all that was happening? Oh, they were standing right there, okay? They were, they were. Because the very next damn day, I had to sit in a meeting with that same guy. <laughs> and I was chairing the meeting and guess what the topic was? Forgiveness. No. Resentment. Sort of. Save me from being angry. <laughs> and the most profound thing happened at 14 years of sobriety. Literally, it was on uh, my birthday, which is approximately two weeks before my recovery birthday, that all this shit went down. <laughs> and so now I am... They say God doesn't have a Oh, man, let me tell you, like, but, but I needed that to happen. I, I did, because I truly thought that that part of me was long gone and dead. And when I tell you in the beginning of that story, I told you, it was like, we're going to give, the God said, here, we're going to help her. She's going to get sober. She's going to learn how to be a mother. She's going to learn how to be a daughter. She's going to learn how to be a wife. She's going to learn how to be a friend. She's going to learn how to walk in AA, learn AA. And you got to remember, I couldn't read when I got to the program mm -hmm. because I'd been drinking for so long. Mm -hmm. My comprehension was, ugh. Mm -hmm. So, like, I got this. We're going to make sure that we put this anger, vicious, demonic little inner demon that she's got over here until she's ready to deal with it. So, beat this guy up, gotta go sit in a meeting that I am chairing, he's in the room, the topic is save me from being angry. And for the first time in 14 years of reading the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, I read the sentence that said, God save me from being angry. And immediately I knew what that meant for me. 
Save me from the insanity. Save me from the person I become. It ain't about saving your ass. I'm still pissed off at you. Save me from being angry so that I don't lose my mind, jump out of a moving vehicle, attack you in your moving vehicle, damn near kill myself in the process, and then feel like I shot myself with a shotgun when it's all over because really you don't give a shit that you hurt my feelings. You understand? But I give a shit that I did what I did. So at the end of the day, nobody's responsible for me and my actions and my recovery but me, right? right. I gotta be able to put my head down at night. And beating people up wasn't letting me do that. Mm. Not in my addiction and not sober for sure. And I had a really great man in my life. He's actually still in my life, known for a long time, about six years more sober than me. I actually sponsored him for a little while. I ran to that guy, he was the biggest, meanest dude I knew. And I mean, out there, crazy, off the chain, mean dude. With a heart as big as the world. And I said, how the hell did this happen? And he said, well, he just left. He couldn't help himself. Because he knows the guy that I beat up and he couldn't believe I did it. He just laughed, and I said, it ain't fucking funny. I'm not okay. How did I get right here? I'm, I'm making meetings. I'm chairing meetings. I'm doing service work. I'm sponsoring. I'm, I'm praying. I'm meditating. I'm, I'm really walking this walk. What the hell happened? And he said, nobody's rendered white as snow. And guess what? Says so that in the big book, dude. I was like, oh, shit. Well, no, you didn't fall off that pedestal, girl. You jumped off that son of a bitch with a parachute and nowhere to land. <laughs> so it was the most profound thing that happened. Now, yeah, I've, I've gone off several times on people in my sobriety. Like, especially if you put my kids in the center of that, you know, I... I can be rather dangerous over my children, and I don't know where that comes from. Maybe it's because I was an abused child. I, I don't know. Um, but I've never let go of that, and I almost don't want to. Because my children know, even as grown-ass adults, better not mess with me when my mom is in the room. <laughs> Isn't that never, something? Never, never let go of what? The, the, the ability to be just downright vicious over my children, to protect them. So, you know, maybe there is that part of protection, but I wasn't protecting myself. My feelings were hurt, and when my feelings get hurt, it can come out pretty weird. It, it's anger, for sure, 100%. But to me, that's my addiction mindset. That's the monster. That's the monster. And uh, so what I know is this is that that monster is in a box somewhere. And if I need a lesson like so profound that I cannot ignore it, and it needs to happen right there, the gods will definitely open that box and I will have to learn from it. Now, I'm going on 22 years and pretty sure I haven't put my hands on anybody since I was 14 years sober. Might have cut some people down with some words, might have got a little gossipy or character assassinator. I could be a character assassinator real quick. 
topic. Um, but it is about the it is about the progress. It, it, it is not about perfection. And I can tell you that most of my days today, I can look at somebody and go, this is who you are, and I got no problem telling you who I see you as. If you're a shitty character in this world, I'll tell you you're a shitty character. If I think you're an amazing person, I'll tell you that. But I'll also tell you my opinion don't matter and you do what you gotta do, because I'm always gonna do what I need to do for me. And the number one thing I need to do for me when it comes to human beings is I can't, I can't change who I am based on your behavior. And who I am is a truly loving, kind, gladiator. I'm that soldier. I survived all that. I don't have to go back to that to be a soldier in this world. You know? But you have. I don't. I don't have to. No, but you, but you have that box. Yes. yes. Oh, I have that box. <laughs> that box is back there. And I don't really think I have... I don't think that I control that box. You understand? I think that is divinely controlled. But I think that that's something from my heart. You know, I uh, I have a lot of thoughts about this kind of stuff. Um, I, I, I believe that because that is, I truly want to be good to people. I truly want the world to be a better place. I truly want to know that when my grandchildren are growing up that they're safe in the streets and that there's I mean, and maybe this sounds really fucking corny, but neighborly love, you know, in, in this world today, it's almost a corny statement to say that, but that's truly what I want, you know, I, I, I want the world to be a better place, I want it to be a safe place, I want life to be something that everybody enjoys in, 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 there's communication. I really want that. And, and maybe I want it for selfish reasons. I don't want to live in a cold, callous, hateful world. I know what it looks like. I've been there. I've done that. It wasn't exciting. It was depressing. It was miserable. It made me want to kill myself. Mm. I want to live in a happy world. And how do I get to a happy world? And that old statement starts with the woman in the mirror. And I know that you used to say man in the mirror, but mm -hmm. I'm a chick, so... <laughs> It starts with me, you know, if I want the world to be a better place, then I need to be a better person. And so I think because I truly, truly desire that in my heart, the gods honor that. They honor that. And they keep that monster in the box. And um, I get to learn lessons other ways, you know. I didn't have to rip nobody's head off yesterday, and I sure wanted to, but I didn't have to. I was able to handle things appropriately and directly and honestly, and these are my boundaries. You've crossed them. I'm done. What was yesterday? Yesterday was a whole bunch of events with a person that I've been trying to help out, you know? And, uh, you know, kind of just like, wow, really? And I was like, that, you know, hey, I believe this. I believe that sometimes people need to do shit to us just so that we can be grateful that we don't have dope feet mentality no more. It's nice to see myself in a different light. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to behave like that. But that game you're playing, I did it 20 years ago, didn't work out for me, good luck to you. You know?
that's that's a blessing. That's a huge blessing, you know. Especially when you lose it so bad that you have no idea what you're capable of, and, and you're dangerous—not just to yourself, but everybody around you. So. Awesome. Thank you. What else in terms of 2020? Like, like I, I hear. Two things. One, I hear certainly what you want to do for you, what you, what you, what you want to achieve, and um, what this year is going to be. In terms of your making a difference, I also hear a profound desire to to make a difference in this world. So, well, um, that's why I'm here. Okay. That's why I'm here, because I believe that this is going to make a difference. I think, you know, I drive a lot to and from work, and I, I'm constantly looking around, and I am constantly thinking about wrecked America. Like, it is on the forefront of my mind, hmm. constantly. Uh, I think I shared with you, I have a young lady in my life that, you know, with the cancer. Um, that is wrecked America to me. Why does a 25-year-old in this country have stage 4 cancer after going to the doctor multiple times over the last three years only to be told you have bronchitis or some antibiotics go home? Why? Why does that need to happen in this country? Why? I mean, like, it is always on my mind. Why do we have beautiful children sleeping under bridges with their parents that are addicted to drugs and being sex trafficked. Why is that happening in this country? That to me, so this is a big part of my goals right here for 2020. I want Wrecked America, this fusion platform, I want this to be successful. And I don't want that for me, and I don't want it for you either. I want it for those people out there that might just listen, that might be capable of making some changes, that might be able to hear the message and find a solution, especially when it comes to drug addiction, because drug addiction, <clears throat> you know, when you say drug addiction, everybody goes, oh, the junkie over here in the back alley with the needle in their arm. That's not what it is. Let's talk about the lawyers and the doctors and the preachers and the daycare teachers and the high school teachers that are currently facing charges in this country for sex trafficking, sexual assault, sexual abuse. And then you get down to the bottom of the story, oh, I was on these opioids, and oh, I was on these uh, uh, uppers, and, and uh, you'd be amazed at how many people in this world are currently on some kind of amphetamine. Um, hmm. Oh, you got a behavior disorder, we're going to put you on amphetamines, and now they're 40 years old and they're addicted to it. Let's, why? Why are we there? Why, what is going on in this country that we are there? You know, I seen a, a, a story yesterday. You know, I, I do the, you know, FB thing all the time. 
And I, I like to go on there a lot because there are a lot of people who put positive quotes on there. And sometimes I find something that's catchy and it's like, oh yeah, I, I need to save that, you know, um, about, you know, one of the things that I got from a, a little meme that I seen a few years ago is I'm a goddess, hear me roar. Man, that was like, yes, I'm empowered now. I am a goddess, hear me roar. What is a goddess? Is she perfect? Nope. But she's working toward her perfection. And if you ask me what perfection is, I'm going to tell you, it's as close to the gods as I can get mm. to walk in that path, you know? Um, so, That's but how do, how, I mean, how did we get here? Um, I don't know if it's okay with you guys, but I have her permission to say her name, the, the, the young lady with the cancer. Her name is Megan Johnson. She's 25 years old. She lives in, um, you know, South Texas area. Uh, we're doing benefits for her. We've got GoFundMe sites for her. But she is a 25-year-old girl who doesn't do drugs, isn't out partying all night, you know, was working as a housekeeper, but because she could not afford insurance, that she's being fined for not paying every year, she couldn't get a proper diagnosis. Yeah, you know, they had that uh, Obamacare where if you couldn't pay insurance, they fined you for it. So not only can you not afford it and you can't get a proper diagnosis because you can't afford it, but now we're going to penalize you because you can't? Come on. Why? Who's lying in their pockets with that damn money? Because it ain't going to the people who need it. You know, those, these Wrecked America, man. These these kids, these kids on the street. Yeah, there's a lot of drug addicts down there. But you know what else is down there? War veterans. With scabs the size of baseballs on their legs, because they haven't bathed and they haven't showered and they haven't, uh, you know, they they urinate on themselves because there's nowhere to go to the bathroom and. And they stink like shit because there's nowhere to go to the bathroom. And what happened? Why are they so broken that they are down there under that bridge doing without water? You know, so I'm always thinking about Ripped America. And I'm always thinking about, uh, you know, I told you my goals. I'm going to, we're going to do some successful shit this year. Just watch. It's going to happen. I'm a phoenix. I will rise from the ash. I promise you every single time I'm rising up, wings spread wide open. Everybody can feel the heat. <laughs> okay? I mean, I 100% but um so this is exciting. This is how I intend to play my part. Play my part. And if I'm out there on the street and I got a bottle of water, I'm going to give it to them. If I got food in my truck, go ahead and write me a damn ticket, please. I want you to put me in a courtroom full of my peers and tell them that you wrote me a ticket and issued a warrant for my arrest because I didn't come to court because I want a trial date for this one. You understand? I want you to sit in a room full of my peers and tell them that it ain't okay for me to feed somebody starving to death in this country. But please don't donate 50 cents across the seat. Mm -mm. You can kiss my ass. <laughs>
That's the asshole to me right there. Not necessarily a bad asshole, just an asshole. That's the badass, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's, that's what it is. That's, that's the badass. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what that is. So, um, thank you. That's awesome. You know, you got me all wound up today. <laughs> not no, I should have drank so much that damn coffee. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, man. I, I'm looking forward to whatever this turns into. You know, I, I am. I, I think it's a, an amazing thing. I hope there, there's going to be a lot of people that get to hear this. Yeah. I hope that, you know, those people that feel like they don't have nobody to talk to in this world can hear this. And, and, and maybe just if they can't talk, maybe they can listen long enough. They'll hear the right thing. It'll empower them somehow to do something different, to go help somebody, to help themselves. To put a stop to the shit that goes on around us, you know. Um, I can't save the world. I can damn sure save one at a time. One at a time. Yeah, I can. Thank you, Anise. Thank you. Thank you for being part of Rector America. Huh? Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs>